This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, welcome back to another edition of Betting the Ponies exclusively on the Bet Rivers Network. Episode two, Monzo and Malusis the Moose. Moose, thanks for coming back. What's going on, Monzo? Happy to be here, man. Yeah, uh, I think the first episode was well received. Um, I think that considering I was reading stuff off my phone, which was a little challenging. I, I printed stuff out. You did an amazing job. By the uh, way. It was very questionable. But uh, I think our message came across as being just fun, love, and horse racing guys. So hopefully everybody uh, understands that. And we're going to keep it going. Uh, no Kentucky Derby prep races this week for us. That'll get going hot and heavy next week. But we do have four really good stakes races to go through. We'll pick some horses. Just based on the names, like we did last week, Moose had some success with that last week, picking horses. Yeah, and more success more picking success horses. With the names, no doubt, than actually handicapping the race, which tells you all you need to know about me as a as a thoroughbred handicapper. Not true, not true. You're definitely better than mediocre. So, <laughs> thanks, Mons. So we're gonna go through a couple of races at Oakland, a couple uh, a yeah. race at Gulfstream, a race at Santa Anita. Let's look at. What we did last week, give you guys a feel. So the first race we went over was the Azari at Oaklawn. Uh, Moose had Clarier. I had Secret Oath. And I'll tell you, my angle in that race was Secret Oath being a horse for that course. And I've never seen that horse run better um, than she runs at Oaklawn, Moose. And I'm not saying Clarier ran poorly. She certainly did not. But Secret Oath looked like a different horse coming off the layoff. Yeah, just got to jump on the field. Um, and I, I think you you saw the best of Secret Oath and uh, the Philly, now mayor for Dwayne Lucas, had a really good three-year-old campaign last year and uh, answered all the call and raced a lot. And I think she needed a little bit of a freshening. And you know that's kind of one of those instances when you watch uh, the replay of the Yazari where a uh, horse is able to get the jump and you look at um, you look at Clarier and um, maybe with a clean trip, it's a little bit closer. Uh, but I don't know. I think Secret Oath was just the better filly that day and uh, showed it at Oaklawn Park. But uh, you'll hear from Clarier the rest of the, the racing season. Don't have mouth that back. She retired, but it should be a good season of older fillies uh, as we get through the summer. No doubt. Togan, some of the great races. We went over to Tampa after that, the Columbia Moosehead Freedom Trail. I had Talk of the Nation. Talk of the Nation got bet down in one of those they knew races and uh, was just a little slightly higher than even money. Talk of the Nation moves got the job done. Freedom Trail ran okay. Uh, did did get the IRAD money like we expected. Maybe a little bit of a trouble trip, but Talk of the Nation looks like a monster for Shug. 
No doubt. I mean, uh, coming off the the impressive race uh, previously, I think in you know uh, a cheaper race on the turf and one stylishly, and the step up in class going into stakes company and uh, one handily uh, talking the nations. I think if as long as as long as stays healthy, uh, is going to be a horse to be reckoned with on the turf. In the challenger at Tampa was big scratch classic causeway. Uh, your horse Skippy Longstocking was basically bit down the one to nine. Uh, Tax ran really well, ran for second, but Skippy Longstocking much. Listen, better. I couldn't stop Secretariat and Skippy Longstocking. So you you gave me a pat on the back. You're like Skippy Longstocking won. At least you picked a winner. I was like, yeah, uh, he was also one to nine. Uh, that doesn't really count. Like <laughs> the, the the town idiot can pick Skippy Longstocking at one to nine. It doesn't really count much for the uh, the rate of return. Uh, so, but yes, I was I was on the winner in that race, Classic Causeway. Uh, did scratch out and Skippy Longstocking uh, won uh, at one to nine. In the Hillsboro, uh, Shatasar was my best bet of the race, uh, best bet of the day, actually. Uh, I wouldn't say she was much the best, but she won that race handily. Uh, Rogier uh, ran okay, but Shatasar was okay. really ready for a, another good season. Yeah, I probably talked myself into Rogier, uh, a filly for Chad Brown that I liked a little bit last year. I thought probably his best races at Belmont Park uh, were early part of the spring, early part of the summer. Didn't get better as the season went along. Thought maybe after uh, a little bit of a winter break that uh, she was going to fire last weekend, and that was not necessarily the case. So uh, that's the last time I'll be picking Rogier the rest of the year. So guaranteed a winner at 10 to 1 next out. That's true. That's fair. That's the typical. The other Chad Brown. <laughs> I dude, I can't believe I didn't bet Rogier this race. I know <laughs> that's gonna be it. You know it, Mons. You know it. I've been there. I've seen you do it. I've done it myself. Uh, the Florida Oaks Moose. We both, you know, picked prices. Uh, I had Stephanie's Charm. We went up to like twenty-seven to one at one point. Made a nice move around the far turn. Uh, I never thought was gonna win the race, but had a chance maybe to hit the board if not for some traffic. Uh, ran okay. Gray Starling uh, ran okay as well, Moose, but uh, no winners for us in that race. No, no winners. No. Uh, another rip the ticket up or and move on to the next race. That was it. The Tampa Bay Derby Moose. I actually thought, now I had Groveland, you had Shesterkin. Uh, Shesterkin, I thought, ran well considering the finish at seven, where Shesterkin wasn't on the lead, wasn't really, was close to the lead, not on the lead. Uh, I thought was fading backwards and, and made another move down the stretch to stay competitive. Um, yeah, on the rail, but never oh. really. You know, once the jockey starts going to the whip on Shesterkin on the far turn, it's never gonna. It's never gonna really. Yeah, oftentimes, when that happens, if you've watched in a thoroughbred racing horse, is not going to have any anything left unless they're really crawling down the lane, and that was not going to be the case in the Tampa Bay Derby, but. Yeah, I, I give the horse a little bit of credit. Battled, uh, if you want to build upon that, but really kind of ran a flat, even race. Uh, my pick, Groveland, is still running. So, uh, Tappet Trice comes out of that race, Moose. And, you know, if you went on Twitter uh, and read some of the – either people love the uh, Tappet Trice's move down the stretch or thought they were concerned with the sluggish start, uh, my opinion stays the same that horse is going to be a big player if healthy come the Belmont Stakes. Well, yeah, son of Tappet. Tappet's had a lot of success at the Belmont uh, Stakes a mile and a half. The longer the race, the the stronger uh, usually the bloodlines of Tappet are. So I can understand that. I, I thought he was, listen, let's see what he does in the next race after the Tampa Bay Derby. 
Um, but I, I had no issues with the way that Tappet Trice won it, uh, was heavily bet, uh, power mutually and, uh, ran to form and, and won the race as a, a good three-year-old should. Moving forward, we'll get Keeneland opening up. We'll have some of the big races at Aqueduct coming, uh, the Santa Anita Derby, all these great prep races coming up for the Kentucky Derby this week. We're going to focus on, and the Florida Derby at Gulfstream and speaking of Gulfstream, uh, the first race we're going to go over this week is on Saturday. Every race is going to be Saturday for the most part. Uh, we're going to look at race 11 at Gulfstream on Saturday. The Silks Run, $100,000 race, five furlongs on the turf, which is a sprint. Most typically, I like horses that come off the pace in turf sprints. That's kind of been one of my philosophies. There have been cases where you like, you know, World of Trouble comes to mind as a horse that would go to lead on the turf and actually the dirt as well and just wouldn't look you know, wouldn't look the other way. Um, I like closes in this race, Moose, and you're going to look at it, and I'm going to feel pretty good that you're going to end up picking Big Invasion in this race. Uh, for Christoph Clement, Joel Rosario, that would be my guess on who you're on. Big-time closer. Didn't run particularly well. Last out comes off the layoff here, Moose. I, I, my concern is I don't see an overwhelming a lot of a lot enough speed in this race, but you think Big Invasion is just too good for this field. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I like Clement on the turf. If you're a native New Yorker, how don't you? Uh, Christoph obviously runs a ton of races on the Naira circuit, whether it be Aqueduct or specifically Belmont and Saratoga. Um, but no, that's not where I landed. I landed on the five Belgrano, uh, for Frank Russo and, and Junior Alvarado. Uh, third race off the form cycle, off of the layoff, ran in the grade three, ran well, closed with Paco Lopez, I think. Positive jockey switch going from Paco to Junior Alvarado. Uh, you look at Gulfstream Park, he's run there 23 times at the distance, 17 times at the distance, has come in the money on 12 of those 17 occasions. Um, I'm going to go with Belgrano, kind of coming off not a great race in the grade three. Uh, two races back, buyer speed figure did fit. He's kind of got this good race, bad race kind of form. Um, I think if you can run back to, you know, where uh, run back to the buyer's speed figure from two races back at Gulfstream Park where he fired a 99, I think he's competitive and you're getting six to one on the morning line. I'm going with the five Belgrano. In this race, there's only two or three horses that consistently need the front. And that's a little uh, low to me in a speed race. So I'm looking for someone who's going to be sitting kind of close, just off the pace, a lot of experience. I like the two Karatari here who. Oh, uh, doesn't, you know, hasn't won in, in a couple of races here, but always runs his race. The seven year old uh, gets Irad Ortiz should be sitting one or two lengths off the pace. And, you know, if it just comes down to a battle of who's going to be the most game, I've seen this horse run game at Florida in Gulfstream plenty of times, you know, wins 30 percent. Obviously, we look at Irad Ortiz, who wins a ton of races, plenty of experience at Gulfstream. My concern with big invasion is the layoff. Uh, not having the setup that the horse needs and maybe just needing a race off the layoff. So that's why I'm going to go against Big Invasion. I think I mentioned Big Invasion a lot, even though neither runners are picking him. I think he's going to be bet down to like nine to five or something ridiculous. So I think there might be a chance for Caratari to go up from four to one or your horse, uh, El Grano. El Grano. I see six to one in the morning. I like the jockey switch to Junior Alvarado, by the way. He's riding, running really well. Um, you know, if you play that exactly, you might be getting seven to one, five to one on our two horses. Yeah, you could. I mean, the three I'll be losing about uh, that I'll be using are the three that that you just talked about. I'll be using Belgrano on top, 
Caratori and uh, big invasion underneath. But I really, I don't know. I think for the price, six to one. And I think you'll probably get all of that six to one on Saturday in race 11 at Gulfstream Park. I'm going to go with the uh, Belgrano. Moving on, the next race we're going to look at, we're going out to California, Moose Little West Coast Swing. Santa Anita, race seven on Saturday, is the Chinatown, one mile on the turf, Moose. And, you know, the one thing about California racing, and you and I both have an appreciation for it, we like playing Del Mar, we like playing Santa Anita, never, it's very rare that you see a packed field. And that's unfortunate, it's sad for the game, usually it's six to seven horse races. Uh, You do get seven in this field. I think every horse is pretty quality. Uh, You get some horses that have run in Europe. You get uh, a horse returning from the Breeders' Cup. Um, I like, to be honest with you, the horse that really stands out to me, and I would call this a best bet of the day for me. I really like the three of the wild grazer here. Uh, I like adding the blinkers. We talked about this angle last week. When the horse is running well and changes equipment, that's an eye-opener to me. And it another angle that I like, if you don't look, if you dismiss the first two races in Ireland um, when the, the horse is running seven furlongs, I like when you go two sprints to a route right. and on the that route, the horse ran particularly well. So they brought this horse over from Europe or from Ireland, I should say, ran at five furlongs, one, ran at five, six and a half furlongs, one, tried going up to a mile in a turf race and in a stakes race in the Lady Shamrock, just missed. As blinkers, I think this horse is primed for a big race. Horse likes to sit off the pace. There is some speed in this race. Five to two, I think, is a fair price. You might get maybe a little shorter, but I really like the Wild Grazer. Uh, five to two in the China Doll Moose. Why not the seven Comanche Country for uh, D'Amato and Reese Bully? Uh, the layoff, um, I don't know if this is just a prep for something bigger. Uh, and also, I just think this horse needs to come from the clouds. And I, I just... You know, also the price, you know, I'm trying to, uh, you know, I see eight to five on a horse that, you know, hasn't run in five months. I'm going to try and beat that horse with a little bit of a slightly price. The horse that's running well, this horse is in 2023, the wild grazers hit the board twice. It has run well at this track. So no, for sure. No, I mean, listen, I, it's I, not me. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, this is not me going particularly against that horse. I'm just, I, I think the horse that is in form, a little bit of a now horse. Um, I think this horse is going to run well. Yeah, I land on the seven, um, Comanche Country. Even with the the layoff, D'Amato, Reese we understand how good Reese is on the turf, uh, especially out there in Southern California, eight to five on the morning line. I think because of the fact that there might be a little bit of love for Monzo's horse, the Wild Grazer, at the windows, I think you might get eight to five, nine to five, maybe even two to one on the seven. But I landed on the Irish bed, uh, Irish bred Comanche Country. The daughter of Highland Realmoose. Yes. Highland Real was good to me. Highland Real Breeders' Cup made that really aggressive mood to move to, you know, basically go to the lead and then say, hell, I'm just going to keep going. And on the backstretch, moves out by like 12 lengths on everybody and nobody can catch him. Great. Yeah, I won that day on Highland Real. I love that. That was, uh, I believe, Jamie Spencer was on Highland Real that day. I had Flincher that day who just couldn't catch him, unfortunately. Ran a great race. Just they let that horse get away. I loved Highland Real. Such a good horse. I'm I love I love European racing. We got to get into that over the course of the summer when we go to Royal Ascot. Or we're not going to go, but when we oh, talk about Royal there. Ascot, Moose travels the world. No, I do. the pony. I travel nowhere. I go to the ice rinks. That's all I go to. Watch my kids play hockey and play the ponies. That's yeah. it. Uh, I, I honestly, I would have thought you went in Princess Princess Patina here. 
because I know how much you love Frankie Dettori. I do love Frankie, and it's great. I mean, it's the final year of Frankie Dettori riding. Um, who doesn't love him? Uh, you know, the uh, tremendous rider, how many stake races he's won in North America, but also all across the world, whether uh, it be in Europe, whether it be in Maidan. Um, you know, Frankie Dettori is one of the greatest jockeys that the sport of thoroughbred racing has ever seen. But no, I'm not going with Frankie Dettori, who's riding out in Santa Anita, uh, but this is going to be his last year uh, riding. It'll close out his career at the Breeders' Cup in the fall. So the wild grazer topic for me in the China now, the moose. Mark Malus is picking Comanche country. Comanche country. I like the chalk, eight to five. Moving on, race eight at Oaklawn on Saturday is the grade three Whitmore moose. And we'll talk about Whitmore oh, a little bit after this race. But I see in this race, and this, this race is six furlongs on the dirt at Oakland. Oakland only has dirt, but uh, one thing that stuck out for me in this race, and I, I put a lot of circles around a lot of running lines here. Man, there's a lot of horses that like like to go to the lead. Like one, two, three, four, five horses consistently run on the lead. And you know what that means, obviously, to me. I'm looking for someone to come off the pace, and I think there's a chance to cash in on a price. To me, the horse that I think, if he can get back to form. Miles ahead, 15 to 1 moose, uh, has run in Oaklawn, has run okay, is a winning machine. I mean, this horse is 12 for 27, 8 for 14 at the distance, has run a 102 buyer just over a year ago, and has run relatively well as of late. You could throw out the last race, maybe the horse didn't like the slop at Oaklawn, but ran at the fairgrounds, eh, put a line through that one. Before that moose, Churchill, Churchill, Churchill. Win, win, halfway decent run off the, off the pace, Moose. 15 to 1, miles ahead in the race where there's a ton of speed ahead of him. I'm going to take a chance. All right. I like the one, Spankster. Uh, missed the last win um, for D. Wayne Lucas, Cabrera board um, on, on Saturday afternoon. Um, one, I believe, was an off track last race, 8 to 1 on the morning line. I, I think Spankster could probably get a little bit of the trip as well. Uh, I know breaking from the rail, don't love that. Uh, when you look at it, six furlongs um, in the uh, $200,000 grade three Whitmore. Uh, but I'm going to go with the uh, Lucas trainee Spankster. So if you play this race and if the odds stay at they are, Moose and I were giving you a 15 to 1 and an 8 to 1 picks. Hell of an exact Moose if you can get that one home. It would. I mean, it, it definitely would. And it's, listen, there's nobody in North America that loved Whitmore more than Brian Monzo. Yeah, Whitmore, if you're unfamiliar, was a horse that ran into an advanced age, started off as a house, a horse that was on the Kentucky Derby Trail. Uh, I actually bet Whitmore in the 2016 Kentucky Derby. I think he ran 19th. He was not good in the Kentucky Derby. Brought him back as a sprinter. And Moose, you mentioned it. Sprinting was his calling on the dirt, and he just became, for a couple of years, maybe the best dirt sprinter in this country. Yeah, he was great. I mean, remarkably consistent at one point in time, a derby horse. Um, it was a little strange, sometimes had issues breaking from the gate. Uh, but when he was right, uh, Whitmore was one of the best sprinters uh, in North America for a large, a long amount of time. Was already able to carry that brilliance over you know, multiple years, three or four years uh, as well. And and so often one of those times where he, when you forgot about him in a race, he would go out there and flash. So uh, high stakes, um, 
great finish, never really was a route horse, was better around one turn, better sprinting. When you gave Whitmore a pace and he was on form, a pace to run into, who's going to absolutely close like a freight train. Uh, and Monzo bet Whitmore every basically time he ran. And except for except the one time I decided not to bet Whitmore is the 2020 Breeders' Cup, where after a couple efforts of finishing second and third in the Breeders' Cup, Perfect ride for my Rad Ortiz. Blows everybody away. And Larry Coleman. That's what Monzo basically said, shoot me, texted me after that race. I was like, no. I mean, we've all been there. Like, if you've ever been in thorough, if you played enough races, you can't bet you, you can't bet everyone in every race. And you also sometimes have to take the emotions out of it as well. Like, even if a horse was successful and you won a lot of money with a horse, doesn't necessarily mean that a horse is going to run back or you have to bet that horse every single time. But yes, that was a, that was a long afternoon for Brian Monzo. Well, you know, you had to bet with your head, not your heart, right? Correct. Unfortunately, I was betting with my head and not my heart. And man, that was a a kick to the groin. Um, But I felt good for him. And Larry Comas with the call, the old man gets it done. I mean, that was, that was great. And uh, with more, uh, had a hell of a career, and I'm glad that there's a grade three at Oakland where he's won plenty of stakes races uh, named after him. Coming up on Betting the Races, Betting the Ponies, rather. Coming up betting Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. We'll go through the best names of the weekend, according to us, and the results of last week. More coming up right after this. You're listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. Back here on Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. Monzo and Malus is with you and Moose. Uh, it's time to go through the best names and go through the segment we call I Only Bet the Names. Last week, I had a couple. You had five. Unfortunately for me, I picked Newman Dyke and Drinking Problem, both based on, both based on their names, and they both scratched out of the race, unfortunately. Uh, I did pick Gallant Gold or Gallant Gold. I went with Gallant Gold for Gerard Gallant. Uh, ran third at Churchill. Uh, ran third at Charlestown, rather. So not horrible. You put win play show. Got a couple bucks on Gallant Gold. Uh, you, Moose, you went with the Naked and Famous at Aqueduct. Won the race. Boom. <laughs> Most picking naked, winners. Naked and Famous. Winning races, clearly based on the names. And Paul suspended yeah, boots. Well, finished seventh. Uh, more more naked, I would not be famous. More than Ready Eddie, finished tenth. Dazzle Me Silver, in which I went back and listened to the podcast, and you said... I really like pirates twice, which I thought was hilarious. I was just, <laughs> I really like pirates. I'm like, whoa, since when did Moose become such a pirate guy? Um, Ooh, Interstate Daydream ran third. So, Moose, you did fairly yeah. well based on the name. So, I'll let you uh, start the segment and pick the first one. All right. So, race three, Aqueduct on Saturday, six furlongs on the dirt, nine to five on the morning line. I like hot fudge. I Jose Lascano. I did look at that one. I saw. I saw. Fudge, I saw Hot Fudge and said, "Nah, not going to pick." Yeah, well, anything. Who doesn't love Hot Fudge? Number one, number two, Hot Fudge on a Sunday, like summertime. It's like eighty-two degrees outside. You have a nice, you know, Carvel Sunday with a little Hot Fudge. It's great. I I went with Aqueduct as well. I actually picked two in the same race, so I might play this exactly. Race five at Aqueduct, mile in the dirt, Vodkatini five to one. Followed by Duck Fat at twelve to one. Two names oh. I couldn't come between those two: Vodkatini and Duck. You fat. ever have potatoes cooked in Duck Fat? I've had delicious. a lot of things cooked in Duck Fat, and it's all very good. And I like I like, to, I like to hit an exacta too based on Duck Fat. That'd be nice. 
Uh, we're staying at Aqueduct Race 8, One Mile in the Dirt. I like the number three. How about this? Listen to your heart, 8 to 1. Right. And then I would have bet Whitmore if that was the case. Listen to your heart. It's an emotional time here. It's good life advice. <laughs> Race Listen 7 Saturday at the fairgrounds. A mile and a 16th on the dirt. Didn't make the NCAA tournament moves, but St. John's is 15 to 1. Who doesn't love St. John's? They might have a new head coach after Iona gets eliminated by uh, uh, by UConn in the NCAA tournament. It might be Rick Pitino taking over Mike Anderson, who was just fired. Now, I don't know what their odds would have been in the NCAA, but 15-1 to 1, uh, at the race 7 at the fairgrounds on Saturday for St. John's Moose. All right, Santa Anita, race 8 on Saturday for my kids. Jackson, Paul, and Gregory, the number 5, 2-1 to one on the morning line, a mile and on the dirt. Chicken Finger Friday. Is that going to happen? No, no, it's no, it's Friday, St. Patrick's Day. So oh, no, right. we can't. That's, that's corned right. beef and cabbage. I have it coming Saturday. I ordered. I'm going to get catered. That's what I'm doing. And you have shepherd's pie coming. Shepherd's pie and a a tray of corned beef and cabbage. It's going to be a hell oh, of a thing. You. Cor- uh, you know, two pounds of corned beef and cabbage and Rangers Penguins eight o'clock on a Saturday night after a day beautiful of, after a day of winning races, betting horses on the names. Uh, race two at Oakland on Saturday, six furlongs on the dirt. And Moose, one of the people that work at the Bet Rivers Network is Brittany Payton, the daughter of the legendary Walter Payton. Yes, sweetness. Yes. So in tribute to, to Brittany and her father, uh, uh, race two at Oakland, sweetness two, five to one. Uh-oh. So I saw that. It stuck out. So hopefully sweetness two, five to one on the morning line, race two at Oakland on Saturday, six furlongs on the dirt. All right, Gulfstream Park, race one, Saturday, mile and a 16th on the turf. Uh, Hollywood Hellraiser. Whoa. Six to one on the morning line. Hollywood Hellraiser. Last one for me, Moose, and I really, I go digging for these. I mean, so this one's race six. Where'd you go? Remington? No, not, not, well, not, not far off. Race six, and this, this might be, this is a great name. Race six, Turf Paradise on Saturday. Um, oh, there you go. Turf, 10 to 1. Goodbye, Putin. <laughs> that's a great name. Goodbye, Putin. Uh, that's, listen, you're putting yourself on the radar when you name your horse after, you know, Putin. Well, you know this. I mean, whoever. We're not running these thoroughbreds in Russia because that horse would never make it to the track. So, race six, 10 to 1 on the morning line for Goodbye, Putin. So, to recap. Uh, I'm at race five on Saturday at Aqueduct. Uh, a little exacta, Vodka Tini, five to one. Duck Fat, 12 to one. Race seven at the fairgrounds, uh, St. John's, 15 to one. Race two at Oakland, little, uh, little say hello, little uh, hi to Brittany Payton and the great Walter Payton. Sweetness two, five to one. And race six, Turf Paradise, 10 to one for Goodbye Putin. Yeah, I have race three, Aqueduct. Hot fudge, nine to five. Race at eight at Aqueduct on Saturday. The number three, listen to your heart, eight to one. Santa Anita, race eight. Number five, chicken finger Friday, eight, two to one on the morning line. And then Gulfstream Park earlier in the day on Saturday. Race one, first one of the afternoon, mile and the 16th on the turf. Hollywood Hellraiser, six to one on the morning line. We're going to bet those horses, Moose, because we only bet the names. Coming up, top of the stretch, best race of the week, the race you must watch and bet on. We got that coming up for you next. And also, I want to mention, uh, we're going to get you guys involved. And the concept of that spot, we'll talk about as well. So that's coming up. Betting the Ponies, Bet Rivers Network. You're listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network.
back here betting the ponies on the Bet Rivers Network, Monzo and Malusis the Moose. Uh, we want to get you guys involved in the podcast, and I think that one of the ways we're going to do that is bring you guys in to make some picks. And I think the the thought we have here is a little segment called Two Across the Board. And the concept of this is we'll find somebody, you give us two horses on Saturday, any track, anywhere that you'd bet two across the board on. So uh, any the two best bets you have of the day that you'd bet wager two bucks across the board on, we want to hear from you. We'll get you guys involved. I'll tweet out how we'll get you guys involved, but I think that's the concept uh, to get your thoughts and analysis. And we'll do more things like that in the future. But I think starting next week, we will start the two across the board segment. Moose, the top of the stretch here as we get ready to wrap up. The best race of the week, I would say, moving forward after this, it's going to be a lot of Kentucky Derby prep races. Yes. This week, we have a, a really nice handicap for four-year-olds, a little you know, a little action for all the horses, a mile and a 16th on the dirt at Oaklawn, the grade three Essex handicap, uh, usually a, a really good race. And I think we have a good race here, Moose. And the reason we have a, a pretty we have a large field, which obviously we like. And to me, the chalk is five to two, and that's last Samurai. Last Samurai should never be five to two in a race, which goes to show how open I think this race is. Um there's a lot of speed in this race. Again, I think it sets up for a closer. Uh, I'm curious to now classic causeway who you, we liked in a race last week at Tampa scratched out the reason he scratched out. He's running in this race. So he's a speed horse. Uh, Forza de Oro second choice in the morning line, seven to two speed horse. Uh, Vittorio has run on the lead before. So a good amount of speed in this race. Moose, where did you land? Yeah, I was between two horses. I was between the one silver prospector for Santana and Asmussen and the two Vittorio for Martin Garcia. And obviously my main man, Billy Mott, son of Ghost Zapper. I ended up siding with uh, the three-to-one shot, the two. Uh, Vittorio, as you mentioned, has shown speed in the past, doesn't necessarily need the lead in order to win. I don't think the distance is going to be an issue. Um, I, I agree with you. I would never bet last Samurai a five to two. Uh, Forza Dioro, uh, the seven, seven to two on the morning line. Understand that for Giroux and Brad Cox, and Giroux being the go rider for Brad Cox, but still, I sided with the two. Don't love Garcia as a jockey, but understand it. I think Mott obviously sometimes flies under the radar, not really flying under the radar here. Second choice, uh, but a tightly contest- contested field. I landed on the two Vittorio. I live that on a horse who's, I swear to God, I thought we were going to have the same horse in this race, and we don't, because I know you've bet this horse in the past. I re- And I really like a horse. I, I really like Necker Island in this race. Oh, Necker Island. I came close. And the reason is, this is second off a layoff. Yep. He's running. If you look at his workouts, he's firing off bullet after bullet. The race sets up for him, and when he's right, and when he's running his best, he's really good. Seven for 30 in his career, has run well at Oaklawn. Now, hasn't won at this distance, could be a little concerning, but he's going to have the speed in front of him. He's going to have a, a contested race. We'll see how he does in the stretch out. But, you know, I, I think the trainer, Chris Hartman, is running at a 32% clip right now at Oaklawn. So he got his horses going. Nicky Juarez, good enough jockey. Uh, I just think the setup's going to be there that if this horse can find his A game, and we've seen it before. He's going to, you know, he can win at a big price. I'm seeing eight to one and the horse that I'm not going to pick 
I'm going to just throw in there because I can't believe he's still running is rated R superstar who they, people love to use the expression. What a cool horse. Cause he's old, but I mean, rated R superstar is really a cool horse. He just continues to run. He continues to hit the board. He's 13 for 67, 67 times. This horse has run. He's hit the board 32 times, almost half the races he runs in. He likes to come well off the pace, not saying he's going to win the race, but for 20 to one, a horse that's going to be flying down the stretch late if he's at his best can hit the board at 20 to one or higher. Uh, rated R superstar. Keep an eye on that one. My top pick in this race will be uh, Necker Island, eight one in the morning line. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I could understand that with Radar superstar. I used it, you know, I used Vittorio on top. I used Silver Prospector underneath, and I sided with uh, the six Necker Island. I did throw out the two top. Well, two of the three top choices. I'm not betting less Samurai. Going to try and get him out of the money and, and not going to be betting the seven, obviously, either in Forza de Oro. But um, I'm going to go with my main man, Billy Mott, the two, Vittorio on top. Necker Island for me, over. I do like the one, Silver Prospector. Uh, Asmussen is, everybody knows who follows racing, has his horses ready to go. And, and Santana's his go-rider as well. It's his go-rider. Um it just, you know, the price is good at six to one. Again, another horse that'll be coming off the pace, draws the rail, so he will probably be a little bit further back and rated our superstar. So I'm neck around, silver prospector, rated our superstar. That's eight to one over six to one over 20 to one. That's a big bang if we can get that one home. Well, that'd be great. That'd be a nice day in the Malusis household. I'll tell you, the corned beef and cabbage at Monzo's place would go down nice ahead of the uh, Rangers Penguins game on Saturday night. So that'll do it for episode two, Moose. <laughs> let's let, let's get some horses home that aren't one to nine or three to five this week. Let's get some prices. Well, listen, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to actually pick a winner this week in which I handicap the race instead of just picking names. Right. Well, you would, you know, if anybody was going to win it on a horse named Naked and Famous, it's Mark Malusis. No, it's not because if I was ever naked, I would not be famous. That's very fair. Thank God this is only on audio. <laughs> All right, Moose, we'll talk to you guys next time. You're listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. See you. Thanks for listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network.